Today's Plugged In podcast is sponsored by Volvo. Get ready to recharge this summer with Volvo's first pure electric SUV. The XC40 Recharge has no tailpipe emissions yet delivers more than 400 horsepower and up to 335 kilometers on a single charge. And with integrated Google OS, stay connected on any journey, even without your phone. Enjoy an SUV designed for you and the world we share. Visit volvocars.ca to learn more. Welcome to the latest episode of Plugged In, a post-media podcast taking you down Canada's electric vehicle highway. I'm your host, Andrew McCready. My guest today is Flavio Volpe, president of the Automotive Parts Manufacturers Association. What does that have to do with electric vehicles, you ask? Well, APMA has launched the country's first original full-build zero-emission concept vehicle. Named Project Aero, it is an all-Canadian initiative that has been designed and engineered through collaboration between the country's automotive supply sector and post-secondary institutions. The ambitious undertaking is well on its way, and the goal is to have the vehicle ready for the 2022 auto show season. Thanks very much for joining us today, Flavio. Thanks for having me. Before we get to this exciting Project Arrow, um, I'd like to know what the first electric vehicle you drove was and what were your impressions of it? Whew. Um, it's a tie because I can't remember which one came before the other, but one was the Mitsubishi iMave. And, um, you know, the impression was I kept waiting for the shift uh, <laughs> and it never came. And I thought, wow, this weird little car has got a lot of zip for what it is. And uh, the second one uh, needed uh, enough to. Uh, I didn't have the nerve to wait for the shift. It was a it was a Tesla Roadster, the original one, uh, in Germany. I was working for a German company um, that uh, was in solar power and uh, wind power development, and uh, the owner uh, had this brand new little American car uh, that looked like a Lotus, and he said, "Here, take a run at it," and it was incredible from a from a sporting dynamic point of view i loved it i mean of course it was a compromise but you know it was 10 years ago and i still have a picture of it kicking around here somewhere but it uh, it was a changer i'll tell you that did you think at the time that this was the future i mean we're still not there obviously did you think that you know this isn't just a little uh, garage project this could really signal a change in the direction of, of vehicles well if i'm honest i think i thought it was uh, a change in the direction for toy cars for people with money. Yeah. Uh, I thought it was a great car, but it, you know, it was targeted at a different uh, niche. And I thought, you know what, for that, for people don't need to rely on it on everyday travel, you know, the kind of torque you could get from an electric motor in a, a nicely apportioned body would make it like uh, a Corvette or a Porsche or Ferrari alternative. I didn't think for a second that this company was going to then set the world alight with uh model s a couple of years later yeah has kind of changed changed the course of uh of mobility in the 21st century that's for sure yeah yeah and and also you know if i contrasted against the imeve which was a great engineering 
uh, exercise uh, for a company that knows what they're doing at Mitsubishi. But the, you know, the Model S, uh, you know, I'm a, I'm a car guy. And over the years, I've had everything from uh, Corvettes that I wrench on my own to uh, I'm probably the biggest customer for the SRT division of uh, FCA. But, you know, I drive a, I have a Dodge Demon, uh, you know, assembled in Canada, fastest car in the world. And and uh, I'd have a real tough time shaking loose uh, a uh, P100D Model S, that's for sure. And and that's where I think uh, there's been a lot of great cars out there. We did a lot of work with uh, with cars that have failed, like uh, Karma um, or the original uh, uh, Fisker Karma. And we did a lot of work with uh, companies that were right out there uh, with the original Chevy Volt. Uh, but what uh, the, the genius of uh, the Model S and what Elon Musk did was say, I'm going to recast electric cars. I'm going to um, shake up the enthusiast world. And um, yeah, you've got this, you know, kind of nice looking sedan that uh, will rip the fastest cars in the world into the ditch. And that's different. You know, it's made all of them look at that product differently. Particularly, as you say, I mean, obviously, you're a, a muscle car guy of sorts, and it's all about maybe the quarter mile time and, and electric cars are, are born for that. So that's enough to, I think, get attention from people that uh, love the, the ice engine and uh, love speed and power. It's, uh, you know, it's not a little funny looking Imiev anymore. It's, um, yeah, that's right. It's a serious car. Let's talk about what I brought you on for, and this is this uh, very exciting project you're working on. Um, your, your, your association is kind of steering, and that is Project Arrow. Can you tell us what that is? You know, it's an answer uh, to the Prime Minister's challenge. Uh, the Prime Minister invited me to the throne speech in December 2019 uh, after the work that we did in the, the NAFTA renegotiations. In that speech, he challenged uh, Canadian industry writ large to get to a net zero space by 2050 and then said um look you know see if you can get there quicker uh, inside your own industries on product on leadership well came home from that we'd been demonstrating uh autonomous and connected technology on existing vehicles for mm, probably five or six years at this point uh turned around with the team here and said we're going back to consumer electronics show in january we're bringing a couple of lexuses that were made in Ontario that were loaded up with autonomous that we drove them or in part, they drove themselves down to uh, Las Vegas from Toronto. But this, what this prime minister said to me, has got me thinking, and what can we do more? And, you know, I have a small leadership team here and I think over some Welsh cheddar and some grapes that uh, somebody brought in uh, over a snack, we said, God, what if we made our own car? Do you know, we represent companies that make every single component. And honestly, it was just one of those moments where everybody looked at each other and said, do we have the nerve? And that's what the arrow is. So we said, we went to CES, we announced that we're going to make our own car. It's going to be 100% uh, design engineered and supplied in Canada. We launched a design competition uh, where we had 25 submissions from post-secondary teams around Canada that, that, um, that jury was headed by Ralph Giles, who's the head of uh, global head of design for FCA. You know, the guy who designed all my SRT cars. <laughs> right. And, uh, you know, he's got an interesting story himself. Born in Haiti, raised in Montreal. First home run he hits for FCA is cars made in Brampton, Ontario. 
and we said this guy's a perfect jury lead and 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 a team from Carlton four students beat out uh, a couple other great teams uh, one from uh, Richmond uh, Wilson School of Design in Richmond BC another one Humber College and 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 the arrow that your listeners see is the arrow that came out of that that uh, competition and now we're now we're in the engineering phase we've had 384 companies to date commit to uh, parts systems and engineering support and um, we're gonna build it you're gonna see it by the end of next year and uh, we'll go back to CES in uh, January 2023 with an all-Canadian zero emission vehicle uh, with uh, that features all kinds of Canadian technology both outward facing and then inward facing technology is it because it's an electric vehicle that your association thought let's build a car I mean you've been around for 60 years as an association and to my knowledge you've never kind of collaborated with industry to build a internal combustion engine car well I've personally broken a few cars that belong to the association so you know maybe this is a bit of karma we put one back together <laughs> but, but but you know we sit around here and we say we were really big on connecting an autonomous technology demonstration the last few years, but realizing that the best platform for all that incredible technology is an electric platform and 400 volts, 800 volts, kind of like none of us could see a future that is, you know, autonomous connected and internal combustion. Then as the world is turning and you're hearing California and Japan and the UK and a lot of other jurisdictions say, don't sell, you can't sell internal combustion engine only vehicles in these jurisdictions in the next decade. I think we all see uh, around here, this as this once in a century moment in this industry where all these traditional players, which are customers of ours, we have a lot of respect for them, but that make the 100 million cars that we see every year, have to shift. Sometimes you have to shift your business model. They all have to shift their product models every single one of them to this to this new world and in this new world it's going to be a challenge for some of them to hold on to the market share they have and I, we think that there's an opening for the first time in history a real opening for you know anywhere from one to ten percent of that market share you know one to ten million cars that might be immediately open to companies like Rivian or expansions uh, of production at uh, Neil uh, you know, of course, Tesla going from 50,000 cars to 500,000 cars to 2 million cars. And we thought, why not show part of this project is we're going to build it to Canadian motor vehicle and safety specs for the 2025 model year. So taking no shortcuts, you want to build the second arrow. You know, you want to be in the arrow business. You have my notebook and my notebook. You have our network. And maybe there's an, a Canadian entrant into that story. Or maybe there's a Canadian cluster. Why, why couldn't there be? That's why we decided to build a car this time, uh, as opposed to what we were doing before, putting technologies on somebody else's car. I keep saying there should be a cluster here. And um, if you're all afraid or for whatever reason unable to put the first toe in the water, we'll do it. And we'll bring in both levels of government, actually three levels of government, if you include some of the municipal partners we have. And we'll bring in this, the part suppliers, we'll bring in the system suppliers. And frankly, now we're also partnering with uh, raw materials, uh, natural resources suppliers. So we'll do the homework for you, no problem. Uh, this is for us. Honestly, um, 
from a from a tech pure technology point of view maybe the most inspiring thing that uh, that uh, any of us has been involved in yeah it was hard for me to kind of get my head around what the idea was because you have a wonderful design of this car you're going to build this car um, i think the idea is for the 2020 auto show season it'll be out there people will see it but then what happened i thought are you guys going to produce this but as you say you're just putting it out there where either a company or a group silicon valley like i guess comes along and says we're going to produce that it would seem to me one of the other goals though is kind of the more macro thing for your membership which is to create a canadian-based suppliers for the ev supply chain and it gives them an opportunity as you say to dip their toe in water with one car but then if they can come up with the module or the motor or the battery that they want then they're away and running for all kind of oems you know you you're, you're kind of hitting it i'll tell you this project is set up a couple of real surprises for me that change what the final answer may be. So yes, we wanted to be able to highlight, first of all, I think an EV and an internal combustion engine vehicle to the untrained eye uh, and to the untrained consumer, it's a car. There are wheels and doors and windows and a stereo system and and um, all of those things that uh, you, you don't have to drive it differently. You may just not have to shift anything. So. For all of those suppliers that make all of those parts that would either be an EV or, or an ice-motored car, this is an opportunity on a Team Canada project. When we take this car around the world, and we will, as we have with some of the other demonstration vehicles we have, you know, uh, you could just be in lightweight HVAC designs. And so you'll be on the arrow. It's a vehicle of the future demonstration. But, you know, I was hoping that we had 93 companies along with us when we were doing the... Uh, when we were doing the demonstration fleet, the Lexus demonstration fleets. And I was hoping for 200. I mean, if you check the record, I said publicly when we launched the RFP at, at CES 2021, our stretch goal is 200. Well, we were at 384 and counting. <laughs> all and Canadian. All Canadian. And what wow. we discovered is, wow, from coast to coast, we've got people playing in the battery space. Now, question from everybody is, are they at scale? And my answer is, is anybody at scale? Well, they're not. But... For those companies, we have now have this kind of lighthouse project that says, you know, you're talking to me about Project Arrow because it's uh, in some circles the project du jour, but I could talk to you about Summit Nanotech or I could talk to you about Lettertech. And on two different parts of the country, Summit Nanotech out in Alberta taking brine water and extracting lithium and making uh, batteries from there and Lettertech out of uh, Quebec who are everything that we think is cool in the connected autonomous space is going to be led in some way by them. And uh, that's what this project has, has allowed us to do is identify companies we would never have touched base with across the country, pulled them into an EV conversation or for that matter, a fuel cell EV conversation, and then take them to Tesla or BMW or General Motors like we did with everybody else. Will somebody build the, the arrow in volume? My bet is there's going to be a lot of the arrow that's going to end up in volume in a lot of different models uh, from a lot of different customers uh, around the world. And uh, my sincere hope is that uh, we will have done the homework and attracted the capital into a space where a lot of those other great entrepreneurs out there, uh, like my friend Eric, who are saying, hey, we'd like to build a, a startup OEM here in Canada, now have a whole bunch of other partners to to um, to go on that journey with them. 
this this conversation kind of reminds me of um, I had Jerry Diaz from Interfor on um, a couple of seasons ago, and you know it was just after the, the the wonderful announcements in Ontario about Ford and Stellantis. I guess it is now you know the the commitments to the EV space, but he kind of mentioned that he thought and and he's right that we're at this kind of very fragile point with the Canadian industry that the opportunity is there, but in his estimation, and it stuck with me, is he said, we need a car czar. We need like one person who's kind of going to bring all this together because there's all these disparate things running around, as you say, doing their own thing. It almost seems like this Project Arrow is a place that coalesces and brings all these people together. I love Jerry, and um, and we do a lot of work together, and I think his instincts are almost always on, including here. Uh, I think though that the difference is Karzar is a person that will say, you know, look, I've got the football and you go run this route. I'll see if I get the ball to you. This project acts as a lighthouse for Canadian uh, auto tech. And in the past, we've said auto tech is weather telematics. Uh, Auto tech is, is infrared sensors. And really auto tech could be your, could be the metallurgy in the new panels. Uh, that look like the old panels, but operate differently, give you a lighter car. Uh, new materials that allow for different HVAC systems. The car of the future, and Project Arrow is uh, interchangeable terms in our space right now. It's going to be zero emission, and it'll probably be EV, and then future versions of this project, either virtual or digital, which we're working on both. And we'll also highlight the incredible work done on uh, fuel cell electric uh, uh, fuel cells in um, in BC, and then also the leadership by some of the the Ontario and Quebec companies that have been underpinning uh, Hyundai and Toyota's uh, fuel cell effort. Right. One human being commissioned by government. You know, we had Ray Tangi, the former Toyota Motor Manufacturing Chair, work with us as the uh, last uh, car czar at a time when we needed somebody during major trade negotiations. Right now we need a, we need a community, a tech community. And, um, and that tech community for all intents and purposes is now congregating around Project Arrow. Yeah, I like that distinction. That makes a lot of sense. Just quickly, Project Arrow team, you have a couple of uh, very interesting people involved with that. Could you maybe just quickly go over who, who's involved at the, at the level of working on this car? We've described the arrow as a moonshot around here, and it's it's the language we use all the time. Uh, we're we're all inspired also by a John F. Kennedy speech at the University of uh, Southern California in 1962, when he said we're going to be on the moon at the end of the at the end of the decade. Not because it's easy, but precisely because it's difficult. And uh, so I said when we hired our chief engineer and our chief advisor, if you're going to go to the moon, you better get some astronauts. And so we recruited the. Chief engineer of Aston Martin Lagonda, uh, the chief engineer of their special projects, is now our, our full-time chief engineer, assembling the arrow. And uh, another, and his name is Fraser Dunn, and another gentleman uh, who has done a lot of work in lightweighting, including at, at the one point uh, leading technology, uh, lightweighting technology at McLaren Automobiles. Marcello Grassi is our chief advisor and the chair of our board. Our advisory board is full of people who are in the industry, the, the the traditional car industry. So, hey, by the way, you're going to build a car, make sure you get the manufacturing processes properly. So we're getting advice from people uh, like Boris Kynes at uh, Porsche, 
but we're also we've got you know Anthony Diorio, you know, co-founder of Ethereum and CEO of uh, of Jack Central, uh, challenging us to think differently. Like it's a car, sure, it's a car, but what's the orientation of it? What does it mean? What does it mean to fifteen the fifteen year old today, who's going to be the thirty five year old consumer in twenty years? Do they care about quarter mile times? Do they care about their stereo system? Is range their most important issue? So you know, people like that, Sherry Vanstone, who's who uh, you know in technology circles, uh, especially in uh, in uh, KW, is seen as uh, a real evangelist in uh, connecting autonomous technologies. We pulled them all into the group. I mean, I'm humbled that we have people like this who are uh, sharing the passion and sharing uh, the objective here. And there is a failure risk, and all of them are lending their insight and their names to that uh, failure risk as well. I, I borrowed from Avro Aero, maybe shamelessly, but you know that project failed commercially, but it did not fail to capture the imagination and to demonstrate uh, what Canadians can do with a clean sheet. So obviously, the namesake of your project is the Avro is the Avro Aero. Yeah, it definitely is. You know that that project very simply for us means. Uh, Canadian engineers had a clean sheet, said, show us what you can do. And and they showed uh, the Department of Defense at the time, look, we can fly twice as high and, and uh, two to five times as fast as the competition. And, uh, you know, we're trying to do that metaphorically here. I should say my colleague Joe O'Connor wrote a great profile about Fraser Dunn, um, which, which listeners can find at driving.ca. Um, just search Fraser Dunn or Project Arrow on that site. Amazing story, amazing guy. And... Uh, as you say, just kind of underscores the, 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 the quality of the team that you've assembled to do this. Going to get you out of here on one last question. Kind of outside of the Project Arrow, you're the perfect guy to, to address this. You have the experience, you have the understanding, you have, I think, the foresight. In a decade's time, so let's say 2031, what do you hope that the Canadian EV industry looks like? <laughs> you saved an easy question for the end here, I see. <laughs> Your hope, your hope. Not, I'm not asking you to, but I mean, as I said, I think, and, and I think a lot of people, I'm not the one who came up with this, but we are at this kind of turning point of an existential point of our auto industry. Every major assembler here is going to be making electric vehicle platforms. And every major Canadian part supplier is going to be supplying those platforms. That part is table stakes. The part that I think uh, would be a tragedy if we weren't major players in is this. The electrification of the private transportation fleet is an opportunity for all kinds of incredible technology, both driver facing and then infrastructure facing. And, you know, we call it zero collision technology. You know, we've got so many nodes across this country that are in that space. I would love for them to be world leaders. You know, KW, Ottawa, Edmonton, Montreal, uh, Calgary, Halifax. You know, we have that opportunity. They're all domiciled here. And then number two, we've got... We've got all the dirt in the ground that anybody could want to turn into um, lithium batteries and graphene enhanced batteries and and uh, nickel and cobalt. We need processing investments so that we're not taking raw materials and sending them to Korea or Japan and turning them into cells and putting them into the Canadian the, the cars assembled in Canada. I think we will have lost an incredible opportunity to also transition some of our natural resource priorities and our natural resource core competencies into um, another one that's part of the carbon neutral future. That's Flavio Volpe, president of the Automotive Parts Manufacturers of Canada.
I have to admit that prior to talking with Flavio, I was a little confused as to why an organization with a mandate to represent producers of parts, equipment, tools, supplies, advanced technologies, and services for the global automotive industry was designing and producing an all-electric concept vehicle. But after speaking with him, it makes total sense. Project Aero really does provide an opportunity for so many Canadian companies to play a part in our country's expanding EV industry. I can't wait to see it at an auto show next year. It's a sophisticated crossover vehicle with styling cues reminiscent of Range Rovers, Jaguars, and Kias. Before I sign off here, a shout out to listener Neil Honeyman of Toronto, who took exception to my recent characterization that a Honda Civic isn't designed as a tow vehicle. Well, it seems Neil used his 2013 Civic Coupe with a manual transmission to tow a 14-foot wooden powerboat from Tennessee to Toronto, then on to Port Carling and Lake of Bays. He notes that Civics and Honda Fits outfitted with a Class 1 hitch are rated to tow up to 1,500 pounds. I stand corrected. That's it for this episode. Much thanks to my guest Flavio Volpe, producer extraordinaire Darm McWana, and you for joining me on another electrifying journey down the EV highway. We always welcome your comments and criticisms, and corrections, via email at pluggedin at postmedia.com. For your dose of all things automotive, be sure to check out driving.ca, where you'll find the best in breaking news, videos, and reviews. Check out the site's comparison tool for head-to-head shopping, and sign up for the Blind Spot newsletter, delivered to your inbox every Saturday morning and featuring a roundup of the past week's most important and most entertaining automotive news. And finally, be sure to subscribe to Plugged In wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. That way you'll never miss an episode, and you'll also be able to listen to all the episodes from seasons 1, 2, and 3.